0: Well, good morning. (laughs) That's a great way to start off Christmas Eve. Hey, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name's Luke. I'm the senior pastor here at Creekside Community Community Church, where we uh, try to do our best to help people take their next step with Jesus. And I just want to say a special welcome for those of you who are new. I know uh, we have family and friends visiting today. So um, it's just a special welcome to you. I'm so glad you've joined us today. And uh, we might have some folks trickling in in a little bit, um, so be ready to maybe scoot together and make room in your row. Uh, I know it might be a little tight, but that's all right. We're, uh, we're a big, big happy family here today, and uh, I'm glad you're a part of it. Hey, first of all, if you are new, um, I would love for you to fill out a little welcome card. This helps us keep you updated with all the things we have going on. Um, it gives me a chance to make sure you get all your questions answered about our church and what we do and why we do it. Um, And then I just have a couple other announcements, and then we'll get started with some Christmas carols and some worship of Jesus, which is what Christmas is all about. Uh, First of all, I want to thank you so much for all of those who have already given. Uh, Every December, our church does a special additional offering. So we always collect offerings, and actually, always 14% of every dollar that comes in goes straight back out to missions of some kind. Um, And some of that 14% goes to international missions. But then in December, we do a special additional offering, and I want to invite you to consider giving to this offering. It's called the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering, and it goes to fund and support missionaries around the world. And it's such a fitting time to celebrate this and do this as a church, because at Christmas, we celebrate that Jesus is the light of the world. And he loved us so much, he came to this world for us. And this is a message of good news for the whole world. And so, at Christmas time, we love to support missionaries around the world and their work to continue to spread this message. Um, we also support. Uh, we also appreciate your gifts of any kind to our church community. You can give in the boxes in the back or online. Either way is fine. And I did want to let you know, our finance team always is like, "Hey, r- remind people, remind people that um, if for tax purposes, if you want to count gifts for 2023, they have to be in by next Sunday." So. I'm supposed to tell you that, and I did. There you go. (laughs) Um, And uh, this is our only in-person worship service today, and I know many of you like to gather in the evening. Uh, We are going to light candles later. If you didn't get a candle on your way in, make sure to go out to the foyer and grab one before the end of the service. Uh, We also have battery-powered candles for our littlest ones, uh, just for safety purposes. And, uh, but we do have an evening service, it's just online. And so I wanna give you some instructions about how to access that. The best place to go is just to our church website. That's creekside.cc, just think Creekside Community Church. Um, If you go to creekside.cc and then click on watch online, that will bring you to this page. Now, if you go there right now, it'll look like this because this is the service happening right now. Uh, But this afternoon, starting at 3 p.m., if you go to this website and click here, then there will be a special online-only um, worship service for you to uh, to go to, which I can't uh, click to for some reason. So, uh, But it's a family-friendly service. It's about 29 minutes long, um, and it features uh, our family and kids. And uh, so we'd love to invite you to join us to worship with us online uh, this afternoon or this evening. The, the beauty of it being online is you don't have to worry about... Can you fit in cooking and setting the table in between going to a service? Uh, You can fit it in with your family whenever it makes sense for you. So let's stand together. Uh, Let's celebrate together the reason for the season, Jesus Christ. And let me open us in a word of prayer, and then we'll sing some carols together. Jesus, we thank you so much that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Today, we celebrate your birth and everything that came after it your life, and your ministry, and how you revealed the heart of the Father to a hurting world, and how you brought us rescue and redemption when we needed it. God, I pray you would fill us with joy this morning as we celebrate you, and let this just be a special time of celebration as a church family together. We ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's sing together. So, like you said, join us as we sing these great songs, not just carols. These are really hymns of praise.
1: Look at Come now, all is quiet. The star shining in the
2: sky. Below in Bethlehem, the King is sleeping. Oh, what a glorious night! Oh, what a glorious night!
1: Amen.
0: Right. Let's say a quick word of prayer here. Father, as we gather here today to celebrate the birth of your son, I ask God that you be, be with Luke as he gives us your words,
1: Open up our ears, our minds, our hearts, uh, and our
0: focus to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. So for uh, me personally, I, l- I love the whole Christmas season and I love just kind of this this aspect where there are certain things that you do, uh, and it's only like once a year. So, for example, for me, um, I love baking. I know that's kind of strange, maybe, but uh, I love baking. And one of the things uh, I like to bake around Christmas time is baklava. Any baklava lovers? Oh yeah, so good. And I can only bake it at Christmas time because if I didn't, then my blood sugar would just like die. Um, so it's a Christmas thing only, and uh, but it's, it's special. It's special to have these special things just around the Christmas season. And I was wondering, uh, as we get started, just if you'd be willing to share, you know, raise your hand or just shout it out. Any special things you do only during the Christmas season today? Chocolate. What? Chocos. <laughs> Choco. All right. What else? I love it. Banana nut bread. Banana nut bread. Nice. Any cookie bars. Cookie bars. What? Corn pudding, is that what, wow, okay, I've never had that, interesting, I love it, oh. it doesn't have to all be food, I mean, I love food, but it can be other things, too. Candlelight service, Candlelight service. that's what we're going to do today, yeah. Oh, yes, time with family, mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, The Christmas story movie, I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's a Wonderful Life, special movies that you watch. Some people watch the same movies every year, and it kind of gets you in that spirit. Um, I love this special time of year, and we are going to do candles today. It'll be an interesting candlelight service because it's, uh, even though it gets bright at like 9 a.m. and dark at 2 p.m., it feels like, uh, it won't be dark for our candlelight service, but it's still special to celebrate with candles. And I love uh, just this... Setting aside the season and focusing in on Jesus. Because the the scriptures teach that Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. To where that means that God is with us in Jesus. Now, in this series, and we're finishing this series today, uh, we've been exploring this question, but why did Jesus, like, why did God have to become one of us in order to save us? Like, How does that actually save us? So yes, Emmanuel, woo-hoo, it's good, but why? Like, why did Jesus have to become human in order to save us? What did he come to do? And in this series, we've been looking at God's promises to his people throughout the Old Testament, and we've been looking at how Jesus actually came to fulfill all these various promises. The promise to Adam and Eve way back in the garden, that Eve would have a seed who would crush the head of the serpent, the promise to Abram, who became Abraham, that God would bless him and through him bless the entire world. And then last week we looked at the promise to David, the king, and that God would give him a descendant who would build a temple and would rule and reign forever, king forever. And so we've been exploring how Jesus came to fulfill all of uh, these promises. And today we're going to look at the promise that you actually find in the Old Testament about a coming new covenant, a new arrangement between God and God. And humans, and I think the best way to just is to just jump in and look at this scripture. So, if you have your Bible with you, look at Jeremiah thirty-one. And my hope in exploring this is that it will increase and raise your awareness and your appreciation and your worship for what Jesus came to do and who He is for us. So, the promise of a new covenant here. Here it is, Jeremiah chapter thirty-one, verses thirty-one through thirty-four. Look, the days are coming. This is the Lord's declaration when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. This one will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors on the day I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke even though I am their master. The Lord's declaration. Instead, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. The Lord's declaration. I will put my teaching with In them and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will one teach his neighbor or his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me, from the least to the greatest of them. This is the Lord's declaration. For I will forgive their iniquity and never again remember their sin. And so, what's interesting to me is. Within the Old Testament itself, a lot of people kind of have this simplistic idea that the Old Testament is all about works. The New Testament is all about grace. But scriptures like this show us, like, actually there's grace all over the Old Testament. And it's interesting because even within the Old Testament itself, God is already saying, I'm going to do something new. I'm going to change how I relate to humanity in the future. So there's this promise of a new covenant. Now, Now, to understand this promise for a new covenant, you kind of have to understand the old covenant. Uh, so, what promise specifically are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the arrangement that God made between himself and his people on Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai, if you remember the Old Testament story in the book of Exodus, is where God first appeared to Moses in the burning bush and sent him down to Egypt to free his people. And then, when Moses brings the people out of Egypt, they actually come back to that mountain. And when they're at that mountain, God appears in fire and in cloud, dark cloud on the top of the mountain. And Moses goes up and he receives the Ten Commandments. And God says, this is the basis of our covenant arrangement. You keep my law and I will be your God and you will be my people. The core stipulations of this law were the Ten Commandments. Commandments. Now, when you read through the Old Testament, you find all kinds of additional laws. There's actually 613 different do's and don'ts in the Old Testament. There's a lot of them. But if you think about it and you read them with this in mind, you'll see that they all fit underneath one of those Ten Commandments. The other 613 are just an expansion of these ten. They're what it looks like for an ancient Israelite to love God and worship him alone and to love their neighbor as themselves. So that's why you have these weird laws like, you know, when you build your home, put like a fence on top of your house. That's a law. We're like, what's going on? But if you look at ancient Israel, when they built their houses, the top floor was where you would go hang out. It was almost like a patio space or sometimes even a guest room. And if you love someone, you're going to put a little barrier up there so that they don't fall off and hurt themselves, right? It's just a blueprint for what love of God and love of neighbor looks like for an ancient Israelite. And some of the laws seem really strange to us, but when you understand the ancient context, it makes a lot more sense. The other thing about the ancient law is that it was not only a blueprint of what love looked like, it was also the way of life. Let me give you a scripture and then explain it. This is Deuteronomy chapter 30. This is Moses talking to the people and challenging them right before they're about to go in the promised land. It says, see today, I have set before you life and prosperity. This is Moses talking about the way of the law and following the law. I have set before you life and prosperity, death and adversity. For I am commanding you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commands, statutes and ordinances, so that, this is important, Why? So that you follow the rules. No, it's so that you may live. So that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God may bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, you do not listen. And you are led astray to bow and worship to other gods and serve them. I tell you today that you will certainly perish. And will not prolong your days in the land you are entering to possess. Across the Jordan. See, God's ways are life because it's his revelation. It's like the instruction guide from the person who created it all. He created the world, and he's revealing the best way to live in this world that he created. So an illustration I've heard, I think this is helpful. Some people think of, like, breaking God's laws as like breaking the speed limit, right? Don't do it or else you'll get a ticket, and someone will step in and and give you a ticket. I don't think it's like that so much as it's like, one of those signs that says, don't go past 35 around this corner. And you guys know the roads are like this. What happens if you go past 35 around that corner? Or what can happen? You're going to end up in a ditch. <laughs> That's right. Um, maybe 45. But still, the point is the same. <laughs> it's like God is not God is not saying, like, I'm going to give you a ticket if you pass this. He's saying, like, it's going to bring death to you. You're going to end up hurt. You're gonna end up on the side of the road if you break this way I've told you to go. My way is life, and any other way brings death and destruction. Now, what's, what's important to keep in mind is that this promise that we're looking at from the prophet Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah was speaking these words while the people were in exile. See, what has happened at this point in history when Jeremiah gives this prophecy, is that the people have not obeyed the Lord. They have not stayed faithful to him. God sent him prophets over and over and warned them and warned them, said, you're gonna go into exile if you don't change your ways. But they did not. And they ended up being kicked out of the land, just like Moses warned them would happen so many years before. And so the people are sitting in exile in a foreign land because of consistent disobedience. And it's in that setting that God says, I'm gonna do something new and different because this is not working. So here is the point for us today. Why do we need God with us? What did Emmanuel, God with us, what did Jesus come to do? Jesus came to initiate this new covenant, this new arrangement between God and humanity. And when you start taking this in mind, you realize In so many ways, this is so much better. See, the old covenant tried to work from the outside in, but this new covenant that Jesus brings works from the inside out. Look again at these verses, this promise that Jeremiah gives hundreds of years before Jesus was born. He says, look, the days are coming when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. This one will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors, my covenant that they broke, Instead, this is the covenant, and then look at this last verse. I will put my teaching within them and write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. See, this new covenant arrangement is not just about, here are the rules, follow them. It's actually God making this new heart within us where we want to obey his way, and we want to do what's right, and we want to live To please him, the law was good, but it was also very limited. The old covenant law could tell you you're bad, but it didn't really have the power to make you good. And so, God through Jeremiah is saying, I'm going to bring a new arrangement that actually has the power to transform you from the inside out. This new covenant works from the inside out. Secondly, um, this new covenant brings freedom in the spirit. This is what Paul says in a New Testament letter that he wrote. He says, Before this faith came, we were confined under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith was revealed. The law then was our guardian. It's almost like this idea of a tutor or a nanny, someone who's taking care of you. The law was our guardian until Christ so that we could be justified by faith. But since that faith has come, we're no longer under a guardian anymore. And the idea is now that we ha- now we have freedom in the spirit. Uh, a good illustration of what Paul's getting at, maybe putting it differently for our day and age, is that it's like the old covenant was like training wheels. Any of you learned to ride a bike with training wheels like I did, right? And you know that scary moment when the parents want to take the training wheels off? It's like, no, I'm not ready for that. But, but Paul's like basically saying the Old Covenant was like training wheels, right? They, they kind of kept you pretty safe. They, they kind of guided you. And it's scary to take those training wheels off. And then for some reason I can't find this picture, but you can put up the picture of someone riding a bike. Carrie uh, or Nancy or uh, Rick, whoever's back there. <laughs> Thanks. Rick. Um, but I love this idea that um, the freedom of riding a bike without training wheels on. And you remember that moment of fear, and then you get it, and it makes sense. And now the best part is, like, when you take the training wheels off, you can go anywhere, right? You can even ride on the dirt now, and you can go mountain biking, and you're just free, even though there's less guardrails in place, right? And this is what Paul is saying the law was like. The Old Testament was like training wheels, and the new covenant that Jesus brings is like taking those training wheels off because now we have the Holy Spirit within us leading us to the way of freedom. We are freed from the letter of the law to obey the Spirit of God. And here's the last thing about this new covenant and why we need it and why it's so good. Here's what Jeremiah said in verse 34. He said, no longer will one teach his neighbor or his brother saying, know the Lord. What he's saying is like, you know, Old Covenant, Old Testament time, you need you need teachers because so many people don't know the Lord and what he's really like. He's saying the days are coming when it will not be like that, for they will all know me, from the least as in like the youngest, to the greatest to the oldest. This is the Lord's declaration, for I will forgive their iniquity and never again remember their sin. One way to think about this is like the difference between like a handwritten letter versus someone's presence with you. Or for me, uh, when Janelle and I were dating in college, it was the days uh, where we had phones, and some people had cell phones, but we didn't. Um, But you know what we did have for long distance calling? Free nights and weekends. Do you guys remember this stage? Okay? Free nights and weekends. So that's what Janelle and I had when we were in college. And so when uh, Janelle was here in Colorado and I was with my family in California during the summers, we had to take advantage of free nights and weekends. And so wait wait till 9 p.m. and then we can call and talk to each other. Um, And I just remember this longing of like, it's nice to hear your voice, but it'd be so much nicer to see you in person. I remember even just traveling out and visiting Janelle for the first time and her meeting me at the airport. It's like, oh, so good, right? To have someone's personal presence instead of this intermediary. See, the Old Testament law was kind of like a go-between between God and his people. And they had priests to go between and prophets to go between. And Jeremiah is saying, the days are coming where there will be nothing in between. It's not like a phone conversation anymore. It's not like writing a letter to someone. It's like being with them. And that now Jesus is with us because he's Emmanuel, God with us. And so in this new covenant, you're going to have the personal presence of God himself with you. They will all know me from the youngest to the oldest. Isn't this good? This is the new covenant. This is why Jesus came. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. This internal transformation, freedom in the spirit, and now a direct relationship with God. We don't need an intermediary. There's nothing between us and him now. It's just Jesus. So what does this mean for us? How do we apply this? Uh, The the biggest application is to accept this amazing gift, the new covenant promise through Jesus. I was thinking about my own story of um, coming to faith and coming to a deeper understanding of Jesus. Uh, When I was in about fifth grade, my my family went to church very regularly, um, and I had heard my whole growing up life, Jesus died for your sins, Jesus died for your sins. And it just became a phrase I memorized. I didn't really know what it meant. And then one Sunday when I was in church, um, right around fourth or fifth grade, I don't remember exactly when, but I do remember what happened. The pastor showed some scenes from a Jesus movie of the crucifixion. And that little phrase, Jesus died for your sins, went from a phrase I memorized to something I felt as I saw this depiction of Jesus dying on the cross. And I was like, oh my goodness, but you had to do that for my sins and the sins of the world. And How could you love me? And like, aren't you mad at me that you had to go through that for me? Like, it was so terrible. And I remember because the movie clip ended with the resurrected Jesus kind of just smiling and being like, come on. And I just teared up because, and I don't tear up often, by the way, <laughs> but I teared up because I was like, how can you welcome me after I put you there? That this is the good news. That he loves us this much. He would give himself for us. And what ended in the cross and the resurrection, it started in the cradle. Mm -hmm. This is the beginning of this story that we're celebrating. That God made a way to our hearts and our lives and the fixing and the healing of the world through Jesus. And what we celebrate at Christmas is the beginning of that great work of making things right. In the world. And so I want to invite you uh, to do what I've done and so many of you here have done, to receive Jesus. The greatest gift ever given is Jesus himself, God with us. He wants to transform you from the inside out. He wants to give you this gift of his own presence to be your guide and your light and to be your rescuer, to bring healing to your hearts, and to be with you. And if you've never said yes to that gift of life, I want to encourage you to do so, to unwrap and open this amazing gift. I want to also encourage all of us to worship him, like the the wise men did, the magi, 2,000 years ago. When Jesus was born, they came all the way from the east, and it was worth it, because this is the king, and he has come, and he's begun his work to make everything right. And so let's worship him with gratitude and grateful hearts and doing so in recognition and praise of the fact that we don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to give a sacrifice first. Jesus was that once for all sacrifice and to thank him from our hearts, to tell God thank you for the heart change he makes possible in us, for the gift of the Holy Spirit and for coming near to us when we were far from him. This is what it means, that Jesus is Emmanuel, that Jesus is God with us. And I love how if you're just following along in the series, you might say, wait, wait, you can't just make a new promise, God, you got to fulfill your other promises. If you've been here for the last few weeks, these are the promises we've looked at. Uh, something called the proto evangelion you can go back three weeks and learn about that, or two weeks about Abraham, and last week we talked about David, and saw so that, Here's the point, though. When God promises a new covenant, he's not saying, uh, I'm just going to ignore those promises and do something different. Through Jesus, he's bringing fulfillment of all those promises and the promise of a new covenant. It's all of it. It's brought together in the person of Jesus. So I'm going to invite our worship team back up. We're going to do our final Advent reading and candle lighting. And then while our worship team sings this uh, final song, we are going to have a time of response through lighting candles that symbolize that Jesus is the light of the world, and the light of the world has come. Now, before you get confused, I'm going to light the fourth candle right now during this service. Uh, If you join us for our online-only service, that's where we'll light the fifth candle, the Christ candle. Let me read this to us. As we gather to light the Advent candle, let us remember the journey we've been on this season. We've explored how Jesus fulfills the promises of God from the gospel in Genesis 3 to the eternal reign promised to David. Today we reflect on the new covenant, a promise that changes everything. Today's scripture comes from Isaiah chapter 42. This is verse 1 and verses 5 through 7. It says, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. This is what God the Lord says, the creator of the heavens, who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles to open the eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. As we light this candle, let us remember that Jesus is the light who fulfills this covenant. He opens our eyes, he sets us free and he guides us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let's pray together, and then I'll invite you to stand together, and we'll light candles and sing together. God, thank you for sending Jesus, our Emmanuel. As we light candles, fill our hearts with the light of your love. Help us to embrace the transformation that you offer and to walk in the freedom of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: The dark of reading.
0: can uh, blow out our candles now, and then just a couple notes as we leave today. And one more time, thank you so much for celebrating Christmas with us. Uh, We do invite you to to view and celebrate with us this evening with a different uh, service and scriptures and kids being somewhat crazy. Uh, It's a lot of fun. And um, I do just want to say Merry Christmas to you and your family. And especially if you're new to our church community, um, we actually would love to give you a welcome gift before you leave today. So in case there's a lot of you and we don't grab you or find you, um, there's actually some bags out on the tables in the foyer. So you can just go ahead and grab yourself a gift. That is for you to celebrate the best gift of all. That is Jesus. And then finally, be sure to take advantage of the Christmas photo booth if you're kind of dressed up as a family and you want to take a picture together to celebrate. That's kind of a special thing we like to do. And we'd love to invite you back. Next Sunday is New Year's Eve, and we want to kick the New Year off right. And so we're going to be exploring together the journey of a lifetime that is following Jesus and help you understand where you are in that journey with Jesus and what your next step is and equip you and encourage you to take that step. So let me pray one more time for us. Jesus, we thank you for you. Uh, Give us just sweet times with our family today and uh, sweet times in worship of you, Jesus. We thank you so much that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Help us not take that for granted and celebrate today and tomorrow in the fullness of what that means. In your name we pray, amen. Merry Christmas.